Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to this edition of Keep Watch Pass, the last edition of the show before the new year. So happy early new year to everybody. It's time to talk 2023 and the movies that were released during the year. And here to join me down this road, a little trip down Amnesia Lane, is my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I can't wait to capsulize this year and uh, turn the page. Moving on to 24. Turn the page because there were some movies that we liked and some movies that we didn't. So here's what we are going to do in this episode. We are going to go through the movies that we saw that were released in 2023. And we're going to pick three of them. A keep, a watch, and a pass. The keep is the movie that we're like, hells yeah. The watch is the movie that we're like, okay, yeah. And then the pass is like, hells no. So you get what we're putting down here. A movie that we saw that we love, a movie that we saw that we didn't you know, we didn't mind, and a movie that we saw that we never want to see again in our entire lives, and we're probably going to have to watch it again for a future episode of It's Not That Bad, I'm sure. But we're going to start with our keep movie. So, Carrie, of movies that you saw that were released this year, what's your keeper? I'm not going to lie. I spent, it seems, the entire year looking forward to the release of this one. So I'm going to go with, I got to keep the Marvels. The girl power in that was perfect. It was absolute perfection. I loved every minute of it. I know it might have been panned by the critics. I don't care. They're wrong. I don't listen to what they say anyways. We built an entire show on poo-pooing the critics. And the Marvels, like... There was just something about, it was fun. It was, I I enjoyed every minute of it. It was the girls getting stuff done that need, like just the girls doing things for themselves. Good on them. It was perfect. I think it's unfair that this album is going to be known primarily as the lowest box office of any MCU film. You have to think that there are extenuating circumstances with this. And part of it is the absolute toxic fandom out there that for some reason has decided that they don't like Brie Larson. Like, I'm sorry. Brie Larson is great. She's fun. She kicks ass. Exactly. Right? Like, as Captain Marvel, as the MCU is portraying her, 
she is a perfect fit. And the fact that Iman Vellani is literally Kamala Khan in real life. Like, she's a Marvel fan. She was a Marvel fan before she was Kamala Khan. She dressed as Kamala Khan for Halloween before she was Kamala Khan. And now she's writing the comic books of Kamala Khan. <gasps> Do you think that might work for me and I could be Squirrel Girl? Oh. Oh. Um, dear Marvel producers, <laughs> <laughs> I am your next Squirrel Girl. I could see it. Squirrel. I could see I it. I could so do it. Right? Call me. Well, I, I knew you could be Thanos. <laughs> Absolutely. But it it's a shame that I understand that there's superhero movie fatigue, but a lot of it is boiled down by the fact that, and I think the biggest problem is the existence of Disney Plus in this case, and that the Marvel movies show up on Disney Plus PDQ. And people are starting to learn patience. You know what, though? I have to question, is it is it fatigue or is it just that, A, it's not, it's not the A team of the Marvels. And by that, I mean, like, the Iron Man, the Thor, the Hulk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the top billing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Black Widow took, you know, was put up against the grills and took a lot of heat as well. So, Well, well, Black Widow, when it came out, obviously it came out during the pandemic and went straight to basically to Disney Plus because the theaters weren't open. So you got to put an asterisk on Black Widow and, you know. But it makes you wonder, though, is it like that the fandom doesn't applaud the girl power as much as they should? Like, is it, I don't know. Is it like that it's missing, like, I, I, not to call it out to be sexist, but why why are they always attacking the female characters? I, I have no clue, and I, and I wish I did, right? And the thing, Because the thing is, if they went and saw the, the film for what it was, then they'd have a ton of fun, because it is a fun film, and it is my keep. It is actually my keep, so oh, we matched up fun. on that one. And the thing is, is that... History, this is one of those films, and I kind of liken it to The Incredible Hulk, the one with Ed Norton, in that when The Incredible Hulk came out, people were like, is this MCU thing going to even work? And especially when they did the, you know, the the actor change from Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo, it's like, is this Hulk thing going to work? Obviously, the Hulk worked. And I think history has looked more kindly upon The Incredible Hulk. Just as I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about how the Eternals isn't as bad as people made it out to be, right? But the thing is, and I know, again, I wish this was a video podcast because your face tells me everything on what you thought about the Eternals, but it's one of those things where give it time to gestate and you'll see how it fits in the bigger picture. Do you know what, though? I wish that Shang-Chi would have had more time in, in the spotlight. Like, it was a fantastic movie. Well, keep in mind, too, that Shang-Chi is going to get more time in the spotlight because there is a what-if episode based on Shang-Chi. So, you know, we are going to get, you know, the return of Simu Liu and that story again. Of course, they've also mentioned that the Ten Rings are going to come back. But, of course, everything's building up towards Secret Wars. So, you have to expand the MCU if you're going to properly do Secret Wars. Like, 
Trust me when I say that if they're going to do Secret Wars right, you need to build up the universe. You need to add all these characters because the, just the, even the idea of Secret Wars is huge. Squirrel Girl, I'm telling you. Well, keep in mind, too, and I'm going to drop a spoiler here, but the internet is already interneted in the movies at the theater. So if you haven't seen it by now, it'll come on Disney Plus eventually. But of course, at the end, there's the tease to the Young Avengers. Squirrel Girl would be a wonderful fit, but I don't know if she'd be too campy for the MCU. But I think that's the beauty of it. Mm. It's interesting, too, that you that you talk about it's not the, for lack of a term, A-list characters. Because I keep flashing back to the Avengers Assemble animated series. And the first three films focused on primarily the main Avengers with you know character appearances here and there. And then the fourth season it started to expand on the character. Like the, the Avengers team at the time was Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and Ant-Man and Wasp and not your main characters. And Vision was there as well, but not your main characters. And then, of course, they switched gears about halfway through the season. So clearly, they got the, they got the, the gist. But I get it. And everyone's like, we can bring Captain America back. We can bring Iron Man back. No. They've done their time. Embrace the characters that we have because otherwise, what happens when the MCU ends? Okay, but didn't I lose my mind when Kate Bishop was brought back? Oh, spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we need to see more of her. Well, we need to see more of, like I said, Marvel really, if anything that they do right... It's the girl power, and that needs to be more supported and more accepted I think, than it is. I think if a Scarlet Witch movie is done, that might be the one that breaks the trend. Well, that was kind of the Doctor Strange and the multiverse. Yeah. yeah, see, I didn't like Doctor Strange 2 as much as a lot of people did. See, but it was very much Scarlet Witch's movie. It was very, very much. Oh, I mean, I, I get that. And the thing is, we can still have a Scarlet Witch because, you know, multiverse, mm. right? I think, and, you know, I may get blasted for this. I don't care. To me, the Marvels was a better film than Doctor Strange 2. I agree. I totally agree. But, you know, it's a multiverse. I want them to bring back Iron Man. I, I want that to happen. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. So since we both have put out our keep movie, I guess I get to do my watch movie now, don't I? So my watch film, you know, you know me. I'm a sci-fi geek. And from the minute that I saw the trailer for The Creator, I was stoked. I was sold right away. And... It gave the visuals that I wanted. It gave the tonality that I wanted. Like Rogue One to me is the best Star Wars film, period. And I say that having, you know, until Rogue One came along, Empire was like number one, right? But no, it's Rogue One for me. And I got a lot of the same vibes off of the creator. Ooh, I probably shouldn't say this because I really think we've got a good thing going on here and i <laughs> it's your I past isn't it i, I wrote it down mm-hmm. but it was saved by something else that was even Equally. worse now it's not that i'm saying it was a bad movie and i totally totally get that it was 
a you movie. Very much so, yes. But it was not a very Carrie movie. It was a very Jay movie. It was. It was. So I just have to say that I wrote it down, but then I scratched it out. Okay, so it's but, not... But here's the thing. It's not my past, the crea- but it would have been. The creator... And, and I'm going to be very, very honest here. It was good. I enjoyed it. But it wasn't good enough to be my keep film. There were some pacing issues with the film I found that I could have been quickened. But I think it was good enough to be my watch film. But what's yours? Oh, my watch film is Transformers Rise of the Beast. Again, I was I was toying with that one. Another movie that, first of all, I was so happy that it was released in 23. Mm. Because in the back of my mind, I thought that we watched it like end of the year. Like it was like winter time, wasn't it? Because so, it looked like every other Michael Bay Transformers film. <laughs> but I was really happy that it fell within the 2023 um, that I'm able to talk about it. Um, it was one that I was looking forward to. Uh, you know, I loves me some Bumblebee. And I think that Mirage was so fun. It was, he was so, so fun. that The scripting, the performance, it was so great. It was, was it though? It was Pete Davidson, wasn't it? It was Pete Davidson. Yeah. Was, was it? I think the thing is, I'm not saying that Pete Davidson's Mirage was a, was equal to like the stupid little characters from the second Transformers film because I did not like Mirage in this at all. At all. Whoa. That's a big statement from a Transformers fan. I I just didn't like it. I I felt like he was played too much for laughs. And, you know, this is someone who was was watching back in 1984. You know, that's not Mirage. It's more like Jazz. And if you had told me that Pete Davidson was going to be playing jazz, I'd be like, that's great casting. That's phenomenal casting. But no, not Mirage. I I get it. You're running out of cool cars to do. But no, just no. That being said, Peter Dinklage is Scourge. Pristine voice casting. I mean, Peter Dinklage is awesome to begin with. He really is. He really is. But... As Scourge in this? Hells yeah. Absolutely. But no, I I thought about it and it was a contender for the watch, but it, it definitely wouldn't have made my keep. And it wasn't it wasn't bad enough to be my pass. And all that being said, and again, spoilers here if you haven't watched the film, but it's on Paramount Plus now, so you can go watch it if you have that. The end credit scene. Or the mid credit scene, whatever you want to call it. And the tease of G.I. Joe. There was a squee. There was a squee. (laughs) As equal a squee as to when we heard Kelsey Grammer's voice at the end of the Marvels. Like that that was a squee. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they kept that secret. Hells yeah. But the thing is. And maybe it's because Image Comics now has the rights to the Transformers and G.I. Joe comic book lines. And yeah, I've been going out, buying the books, reading the books, like lapping it all up because Image Comics is doing it right. It's doing it well. And I'm liking what they're putting out. I even got the Void Rival series, so I'm liking what they're putting out. So they actually pull off a G.I. Joe 
Transformers crossover movie, they will be printing money. Critics may hate it, won't care. They'll print money. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we got our past movie time. I'm now curious, what's your past film? Like I said, uh, the creator was saved by a movie that, I'm not going to lie, uh, again, it was on our watch list. We were waiting. As a family, we were waiting for the release of Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. And even though you and I had seen Willy's Wonderland, right. which is... The far superior, far superior Five Nights film. Oh my God! Can we talk about that one because that was brilliant? We don't get to talk about that one unless we like force it in there somehow. Uh, like as far as like a keep watch past episode or something. Okay, but kudos to Nick Cage who barely said anything. He didn't. I know he didn't have a single <laughs> word of dialogue. Well, no, he had a conversation with the the guy before no. he. No, he never said a thing. He never. He never said- uttered one word. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Um, Far superior. Don't waste your time on Five Nights at Freddy's. Go see Willy's Wonderland. But um, I digress. I mean, we have kids. Our boys have played the games. They've collected the figures. We're good parents. The stuffies. (laughs) Um, I mean, they... We're looking forward to this movie. I was looking forward to this movie as much as they were. And we all got bored so much that we turned it off before actually seeing the end. Mm-hmm. I don't think to this moment I've actually seen it through to the end, but I don't think I need to. Um, Yeah, so I got a pass. Once the snacks ran out, man, we were, we were out. We're done. We were out of it, yeah. Okay. I need to diatribe on this film. It's not my past, though. Maybe you need to be a fan of the game to appreciate the film. I've I've tried. Even our boys are. The, the boys 
They didn't like it. Show me this game and tried to sell it to me over and over and over and over and over again. It's boring as a game. Look left, look right. Turn your light on, turn your light off. Don't die. You don't do anything except for look left, look right, look at the monitors, open the door, close the door. You don't go anywhere. The fun is in the jump scare. And even in the movie, it was laughable. I found myself giggling at the um, the chica scene with the cupcake. Like, okay, that was like a Jaws thing that I just did. It was, no. it was laughable. It, it was, wasn't scary. And I know, I know they catered to a younger audience. They released it as what, a... PG thirteen. I, I I will rating. say that that was the smart move, and I, I think the studio probably sat there and said, "The only people who play this damn game are kids, and if you make an R rated movie, you're not going to get the audience that plays the game." No, but you bored the hell out of the kids that played the game. You bored the hell out of the adults who had to watch the film with their kids. It was just bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't give a damn about anyone in this film no one not a single person did i give a damn about it is a film filled with unlikable people willie's wonderland is the superior five nights at freddy's film but it's not my pass my pass is the flash interesting I actually looked at that one. I'm like, uh, no, I, uh, no, I'm not even touching it. <laughs> not even. I mean, here's the thing. And I'm basing this entirely on the performances in this film. Okay. Take all of the drama behind this film out of the equation. Because we do that with our show, right? We don't care. I mean, yeah, we have our thoughts. We don't agree with anything that Ezra did at all. But we're taking that out of the equation in this case. The film was a jumbled mess. And Ezra Miller was annoying as in this film. And then they put a second Ezra Miller in who was even more annoying than the first one. And then they made fun of the fact that Ezra Miller was annoying the crap out of Ezra Miller. I'm like, you're telling me exactly how I'm feeling. And not even Michael Keaton could save this film. Not even Sasha Kale could could save this film. This, to me, is arguably one of the worst superhero films of recent memory. And I think it's made even worse by the fact that the animated Flashpoint Paradox is infinitely superior to this version. The entire DCEU felt rushed to begin with. You know, Man of Steel was okay. It was good. You know, Henry Cavill was a great Superman. I didn't mind Batfleck. Gal Gadot did well as Wonder Woman. After that, yeah, Justice League was a mess. Batman versus Superman, save Martha. Aquaman was good. 
I enjoyed Shazam. Even Shazam Fury of the Gods. You go back and watch that. I'm like, you know what? That film got a, that got, it got a bum rap from the critics. The Flash deserved every bit of vitriol thrown at it. Because main character was annoying. I wanted to like it. I wanted to see how this was going to change the DCEU for you know, James Gunn to take over. And the biggest shock we got was that George Clooney is still dapper as hell. And this film is proof that, you know, AI generated characters should never be used. Because you have the actors. Like Nick Cage came out and said, I didn't get asked about being in The Flash. Like they CGI'd it. You've got Christopher Reeve, like CGI version. Like it wasn't cool. You have actors who were saying that they never got a call about The Flash. And that's not cool to them. No wonder that they had that long strike. All I have to do is point at the Flash and say, don't do this. Like, looking at the Flash, I'm sitting there going, what, and you shelved Batgirl? The hell are you doing? And maybe it's just sour grapes of the whole, how the DC has ended. And stumbling into its next phase. I just didn't like it. I need a Snickers bar, don't I? Might help. <laughs> well, I'm going to get you a beer, actually. Can, can you tell why it was my past, though? Yeah. Like, like, did you like it at all? You know what? I I didn't I didn't hate it as much as you did, mm. if that is any indicator. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't my go-to pick, but I didn't not enjoy the movie. I mean... I mean, it had Michael Keaton, so you were sold already. I I, I was, and I was literally waiting for that part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't hate... I was kind of like... in. I was towing the line in the middle. Like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't... I didn't enjoy it enough to watch it again. But but even with one my, is enough. Even with Michael Keaton as older Bruce Wayne, if you had had him portray, being portrayed in the way that Bruce Wayne is supposed to be during like the Batman Beyond years, where it, yeah he's old and grumpy, but he's not like you know reclusive and like kooky tossing spaghetti all over the place trying to explain a multiverse, right? Like. Oh, it could have been done so much better. Could have done so much better, and they didn't. But, listeners, we want to know, what films released this year did you really like or did you really not? Hit us up on social media at NotThatBadCast or go to our website at NotThatBadCast.com. Drop us a line and let us know. While you're there, make sure you go check out all of our other shows, including It's Not That Bad and Keep Watch Pass. And there can only be one. Until next time, Carrie, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for an absolutely wonderful 2023. We're going to see you in the new year with some new stuff. Well, let's not forget about our grading on a curve for 2023. All of the 
best of the worst, or at least we're going to take five movies from the past calendar year and grade them from on that curve, the top to the bottom of, <laughs> of the bottom of the critics list. Yeah. Don't forget about it. Like our guests are trying to forget about the movies that they have prepared to talk to you all about. You're going to get that right on this channel right before the turn of 2023. But until next time, Carrie, thank you so much. Listeners, you guys are awesome. This is Keep Watch Pass, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.